Hey, I'm Elissa Nicole Trust, an actor and writer based in New York City. I'm Lauren Schaffel, an actor and producer also living in New York City. And, and we are Positive Creativity Podcast. Positive Creativity is a podcast where we speak with artists from all disciplines about how they got their start, what's inspiring them, and how they stay positive in the entertainment industry. We speak with artists based in New York, L.A., and beyond. Our goal is to give creative artists a platform to share their experiences and talk about their work. We hope that our listeners will enjoy the insights, stories, and perspectives from a diverse group of artists from all sides of the industry. Thanks for listening. Our final guest of season four is the wonderful, infectious Erica S. Bream. Erica Bream is in her 21st year as a film, television, and theater casting director. Some recent credits include Ordinary Joe on NBC, Tell Me Your Secrets on Amazon, Alter Carbon on Netflix, the upcoming series Echoes on Netflix, The Winchesters on The CW, and more. Notably, Bream has co-cast 13 seasons of the prestigious Young Playwrights Festival for the Blank Theater Company. We loved chatting with Erica. She is super passionate about her work, a huge advocate for actors, and a self-proclaimed happy person. Her positive energy is so infectious, and we just had such a great conversation with her. So enjoy. Welcome, Erica. Thank you. We're so excited to chat with you today. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. So our first question for you is, what is currently inspiring you? Oh my gosh. Um, well, you know, the the thing that inspires me in casting always, um, no matter when, is our actors. You know, the watching you all do what you do is what fuels me. It fuels us. I mean, I, get, I don't want to speak for all casting directors, but it is why we got into this. Um, so, you know, watching people just come to roles with their own unique abilities, with their own unique experiences. Um, It always provides you something surprising, no matter what. Even if you've known the actor forever, you will still find things in their reads that are surprising. And that sort of constant um, evolving is just so interesting. And it's so fun to see people stretch and grow and change and it's, it is artistically, that is my daily inspiration. Personally, my inspiration is that I have two kids and I want to show them that their mom can do the thing that she loves and as best she can with whatever time she can and, you know, be the, the lady of the house, the, the main earner and all of those things. So that's, that's my personal inspiration. Oh, wow. That's so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow. Yeah. I'm just, I was just thinking about that. So like in these times, are you right now working from home or are you back in an office? Yes, I am working from home, from a home office, which for me, I've been doing actually since 2017. So when the pandemic hit, my experience didn't, I mean, obviously it changed in that everything shut down and we've all completely, you know, readjusted our, (laughs) um, priorities and things, but, um, it has not changed for me in that I was already working from home. The biggest thing is that now my kids are here more often, Mm -hmm. but the, you know, for me, that's actually one of the benefits is that in between watching tapes, I get to go out and snuggle my baby. And like, that is, just not something you get everywhere. So um, it is, it's, it's been great. It's obviously taken some adjustment. Um, The pandemic hit when my older son was about two and a half. So taking him out of daycare and having him home full time while I was also trying to work full time was interesting. (laughs) But, um, but it's been great. And we've, you know, made it work. And my husband is a rock star dad. And, you know, it's, it's, there are so many positives to this experience of being able to work from home when you've got 
well, for anybody, I would assume, but especially when you've got littles, because mm-hmm. um, the time goes very fast <laughs> when they're that little. So to be able to pop out and, you know, make a baby laugh and then go back to work is pretty fun. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's really, really amazing. And I just loved your answers so much. <laughs> so taking it back a little bit. Um, sure. We'd love to hear, yeah, your story of becoming a casting director. Sure, yeah. I um, So, you know, a lot of people in casting kind of came to it from other things. Of course, a lot of people came to it from acting, but people came to it from sales, from hairdressing. I mean, people have come to, to casting from a number of different places. Um, I came to casting because I wanted to be in casting. Um, when I was 18, I started having this consciousness around like, I really love acting, but I don't want to be a professional actor because auditioning scares me. Um, and what can I do that's the closest possible thing? So I didn't, you know, it was not, it's not there was not a lot of info. There still isn't a lot of information readily available about what casting directors do, but there really wasn't then. And so I was trying to figure it out and I would um, research and um, I, I <laughs> sent some emails to some casting directors who happened to be interviewed in a magazine article and um, this was when people when email was not the norm and so not everybody had an email address and some people who had it just didn't respond and um, but one cast director responded and I I wish I could tell you who it was all I remember was that it was a man but I I couldn't tell you who Um, and he simply said that to be in casting you have to get into an office and experience it you can't study it so I I went to film school. I went to the USC film school and I would stay every summer in LA and just intern anywhere, anywhere I could get in a foot in the door. Um, And that included places like talent agencies and things like that. But then the talent agency would refer me to a voice casting company. So then I would go play on that side of things. I had somebody else refer me. I went and interned for Mally Finn, um, the lovely, wonderful um, Mally Finn. Uh, for a while. So I got to see the independent side of things. And then through school, I got to go to the NBC casting office during pilot season and intern with them. And so I I really, you, you can't study casting. Unfortunately, the, you know, the CSA has done a really good job of creating a program for people who want to get into it, but then there was nothing. So the only way I could really see if it was something I wanted to do was by doing it or by being around it, I guess is a good descriptor as well. And so that's just what I started doing any chance I could. And um, it, my very, very first experience helping out in the casting office, it was a commercial casting director and it was in New York City. Um, it was July. It was hot as balls, um, as you can imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> we were in this very, it was, I don't think it was their normal office. I think they probably just rented a space. We were in this high space, this space in a high up in a building, no air conditioning, windows open. It was for a commercial and I, all I did was sit in the lobby with the actors. I checked people in, I answered the phones and I took Polaroids, if that ages me appropriately. Um, I remember those. (laughs) Yeah. And um, just sitting in that waiting room, I was uh, just being around the energy of the actors was just absolutely intoxicating for me. And then getting to see who got it at the end, I thought was the coolest thing in the world. And I just... I tried a couple of other things here or there. I have um, a, another love for photography. I tr- there was a, a studio where I went and worked in their photography department for a bit. Just like, you know, they do all these photographic proofs and things like that for all of their features and things. And I was doing that. But I just really wanted to be around actors. So I that was my main goal coming out of film school. And I was very, very fortunate to get a job and one job led to the next. And that has been my experience since I was a baby. Um, And um, that's just how it's gone for me. I have been a casting director. I like to say since I was 18, because I really, you know, even at those internships where you got paid nothing, I was still doing casting, real casting work. Um, But I have been doing it officially, officially since I was 22, which was not yesterday. And um, it's been great. I haven't looked back. That is fantastic. 
I think that's so awesome. You are the second person we spoke to. The other one was actually also named Erica, Erica Hart. <gasps> uh-huh. Who, um, Erica Hart's great. Yeah, who knew they wanted to do casting. And I think that's so unique. You never hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, uh, at what point did you go out on your own? So it wasn't until I moved to the Southeast that I did that. Um, I did things on my own here and there all through, you know, ever since I was a, a baby. Um, I mean, I think my very first feature I did on my own, I was 22 or 23. Um, but I didn't like go out on my own in a very real way, in a way that pays money <laughs> um, until I moved here to the Southeast. I was very, very lucky to work with some amazing casting directors in LA, one of whom I worked with for a very long time. And I love her so much, um, April Webster. And I just, I just never felt the need to go out on my own. I was doing great projects with her and having a blast with her. Um, And just, it was, uh, it was fun. So, you know, I, I wasn't feeling that urge. Um, but then when we moved here to the Southeast, it was, it was kind of a necessity, you know, the, um, the people who were out here, you know, were not looking to hire somebody like me, um, which was fine. And nor was I looking for that either. Um, and so I just started trying to get my foot in the door as myself, um, as a casting director in this region. And it's been great. I, I still miss working with my April, but you know, this is a fun, different experience as well. Yeah. Wow. This is really, really awesome to hear. Um, what inspired you to move to the Southeast? My first kid. Um, we, we have, my husband and I don't have family anywhere near California. I'm from North Dakota originally, and my parents are still in the Midwest. And my sister's still in the Midwest. And his, he's from Raleigh originally. So his family's all out here. And we had our first kid and we looked at each other like, what are we supposed to do now? <laughs> and we tried to recruit different family members to come move out to the West Coast and nobody would bite because, of course, the cost of living is insane. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we were like, OK, well, let's try it. And it was really it was it was really emotional for me because I'd been in L.A. since I was 18 and I as much as I wanted, I, you know, wanted to have the life where I could be around my child instead of sit in a car for hours in traffic. Um, I was also didn't know anything else. You know, I'd become an adult in LA. All of my friends were there, all of my work colleagues and um, work relationships were there. And I suddenly had this, this big emotional breakdown of like, Oh my God, why are we doing this? (laughs) This is crazy. But we got here. It took some time for sure to sort of get comfortable in this space, make new friends for me to find a job. And but it has been just dreamy. I mean, we are so lucky when we moved here when we did, um, which was in 2017. um, And we're able to have some time here before the pandemic hit Mm -hmm. um, to meet friends and do all of those things. So we, we feel really lucky with our timing. Um, but we're also, we're 10 minutes from my mother-in-law, which she loves and we love. And, um, we were able to afford a house, which was something we never would have been able to do in Los Angeles. So, um, we're, we're really loving being here. And artistically for me, this market is so full of different projects and so many creatives, actors, writers, crew, everybody. And it's, um, just growing exponentially. So it it is pretty exciting to be here, I would say. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. This is, this is like so much to talk about and like unpack here. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Yeah, no, I think it is so amazing that you've now had the experience in casting of working in like two major markets Yeah. uh, and being able to like grow a community in both places. But like, as you were talking, I was like, oh man, that anxiety, right? Of like leaving a community that you've so long established and like your people, um, how scary that can be to just pick up and move and kind of start again um, or build new communities. It is, it is hard and it is weird. And it's, it's sort of equal parts exciting and (laughs) 
depressing. Um, but the uh, but the reality is like even when we were brand new here, we didn't know anybody. We didn't know anything in the in the town. We didn't know you know, we didn't know what we were doing. We still at least had, we could go over to my in-laws house and they would feed us and introduce us to their friends. And we could at least have a little bit of socializing and that kind of stuff really makes a difference. You know, I, I feel for people who are just picking up and, and moving to a brand new place, whether they, you know, no matter where they're moving to, whether they're actors coming straight out of drama school and moving to LA or, you know, people who have lived their lives entirely in LA and are moving to Atlanta and whatever it's, it's a lot, you know, not only the, the experience of moving, which is a thing in itself, but, (laughs) um, you know, but, um, but it is intimidating at times. It's like I said, it's a little bit depressing at times. Um, it's a little sad, but then once you sort of find your way, it can be pretty great. I was I was talking with an actor um, who was in L.A. for a really, really long time, and he and his partner wanted to move to Atlanta, mostly because his partner had access to more work in Atlanta with what he was doing. And he was like, will this be good for me as an actor? And I was like, of course it'll be good for you. I was like, but you need to go into it with your eyes open because it's not just like you are this big LA actor moving to this market that isn't, you know, quote unquote, as big as LA. It's that you are now having to make your way into the market. Mm -hmm. And some of that quietness of coming into a new place can really bruise your ego because <laughs> you're like, but I had all of these relationships and you're telling me I have to start over now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can feel a little isolating. Um, and, and I, I, you know, he and I talked about it and he, the, he and his partner moved and sure enough, after three months after being here, he reached out and he was like, yep, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit, but I remember you telling me that, you struggled and then, and then things got better. And I was like, yep, they got better for me. They'll get better for you. Or if they don't, you guys can assess that together um, and make some choices. Um, And sure enough, it got better for him and it it continues to get better for him. And he's booking like crazy and he has found his people and his partner is happy and together they have a great place. And, you know, it's all of the things that you hope for. It just doesn't necessarily happen the moment you step foot into your new place, into your new market. And that for me was was a little bit of an eye opener because I was, you know, coming here thinking like my life's going to get easier because I'm going to be around, you know, my husband's family and I'm sure I'll get hired immediately and whatever. And like, you know, it's not that simple, (laughs) you know. Right. Totally. It's kind of like a moment of like reality check, right? Where it's like, well, yeah. wait a minute. Um, the expectations of like, oh yeah, it's going to, it's going to be, it's all going to be great. It's going to be, it's going to be a smooth transition. Right. Yeah. It's- yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I love what you said on your most recent Instagram post that people always ask you which market they should live in and that acting is only a part of your day. So yeah you want to live where you want to be for all the other stuff, all the life stuff. And we talk about this all the time on the podcast, how having a full life outside of acting or casting or whatever it is you do in this business leads to a more dynamic life and is just so, so important. And so it's just, I don't know. It's just interesting that we kind of landed on this, um, when I saw you post that, I was like, where do I want to be? I want to be somewhere with a pool. Uh, (laughs) Oh yeah. Good choice. (laughs) Lord knows. I I love pool, but, uh, but no, but it's just so it's such a part of a larger conversation of we actors don't only need to be on the coasts anymore. Totally. And like that hasn't been true. It probably never was true, but it really hasn't been true for a very long time. But even still, I think that it's so much more important to find a place where you want to live and where you're going to be near family, if that's something that's important to you, or be able to afford a house, if that's something that's important to you, or to just lead a fulfilling life in whatever way that is, be near nature, which yeah. you know, we don't have in maybe New York City is not the place for you. Right. But- 
Um, I just think I always love talking to anyone in the industry that's not in New York, LA, Atlanta, because it just goes to show you how successful and full your life can be outside of those major hubs. I I mean, it's, I really think that, you know, so often actors are pushed to like focus on your craft, focus on acting, focus, focus, focus on, you got to do this for your business. got to do this for the industry. You got to do this, this, you you know, you should, you should be branding yourself, you you know, all of these shoulds and do's and whatever. And nobody ever says you should take a break. (laughs) You should take a vacation. You should go to brunch with your family. Like nobody ever says that because it feels like you, you know, it's, it's, it's a hustle. We're all obviously working for ourselves. We're all technically independent contractors, right? So there's this need to hustle to get that next job. But if that's all you're doing, all you're going to build up is resentment when it doesn't click. And that's, not great. It's not great for your craft. It's not great for your humanity, for your heart. And, um, you know, there's, there's just so much other stuff. You know, we always tell actor, I always tell actors that, um, you get better as you age, right? Just, just as an artist, because you have experience, you've got love, you've got lost, you've traveled, you've studied, you've read, you've watched, you've experienced, you've raised children, you've taken care of loved ones, you've done all of these different things. And those things absolutely add layers and textures and colors to your performances. There, That is what makes these characters people that we glom onto. And if you look at like the pre, you know, the, the past several years of award winners, Academy Award winners, well, whatever, Golden Globe, whatever, a lot of them are mature performers. These are people who have been around forever and they are winning now because they're bringing all of these textures and colors and layers to their performances. And if all you're doing is focusing on the hustle and how you can do the next acting thing, you're missing out on those things that are going to make you ultimately a better actor and also just a more balanced human being. So, um, you know, we're, we're quite lucky these days that you have choice, you know, it it was not this way. It certainly wasn't this way when I started in this business, you know, and um, I think that it's sort of the gift that we've all been given as, as the years have gone on and, and we have learned how to do things like self-taping and virtual auditions and things like that. And that different markets have started growing and um, we should, we should all enjoy how things are changing. And that's how I feel about that. Yes. Oh yes. To all of that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, even something is like kind of going back to what you said at the very beginning of our conversation of being able to have the ability to be working and then walk into another room and see your kids or like, I don't know, for Alyssa and I right now, it's like see our dogs or spend time with our family and then go back to doing your craft, right? When when the next opportunity presents itself, I I think in a weird way, this pandemic has actually just helped our industry evolve in such a positive way. Like there's so much, not to, you know, downplay, like also the amount of upheaval and just craziness. But yeah, it is kind of amazing as you were talking, I was thinking about that. Yeah, two, three years ago, maybe it wouldn't have been advisable to go move back home with your family in Iowa or wherever. But now- that's an option. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I love it. And I, to kind of to add on to what you were talking about, like this, yeah, going on vacation, right? How like, I, I do think back on some of the moments where I'm like, you know what, I really do need a break. I'm gonna like, turn my yeah. phone off for a few hours. I'm gonna like, go outside, take a walk, or take a couple weeks to be like, I'm not, I'm not thinking about anything career related, or yeah, go on a vacation and really like book out. Yeah. And then how opportunities kind of it's like almost like clockwork. Like you take a step back and then all of a sudden things start to come to you Mm -hmm. and, or you find, you know, inspiration to maybe dive back into something, a project in a new way. And that's also really cool. Yeah. You need it. You know, it's your craft is obviously, you know, what you do, but it's not entirely who you are. 
So, you know, make sure that you have other things that help define who you are outside of your, outside of your job. Um, And, you know, that's, it's just not something that you hear people tell actors because everybody's like, where's the hustle? Hustle, (laughs) hustle it up, (laughs) you know? Um, And, you know, I think you gotta, you gotta hustle, sure, but also live your life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There is a balance that everybody has to find and everybody finds it differently. And a lot of people struggle, including myself with that. But um, yeah, because we all, I feel like we're all in this um, scarcity mindset a little bit because of how few jobs there are and how difficult it is to book. But like Lauren said, when you kind of take yourself out for a minute, it seems like that's when things just start to come together. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's, you know, it's almost like you're just, you're shifting your, not to get all hippy dippy on you. Although my mother would really appreciate this line of conversation. She's a energetic hippie. Um, But you know, when you shift your, your energy and you're, you know, sort of opening yourself up to something else, you know, that's, that's when things are just people sort of gravitate toward you. You sort of become more appealing from that standpoint of just like you're relaxed. You aren't putting, you know, pushing all of your energy against this one door. I'm going to, this energy tangent is going to take me into a completely different sphere. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I, it, it, <laughs> that all makes sense. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So that brings us to our next question, which is about your teaching. Um, You're teaching a lot of different classes. We would just love to hear how you got into that and what are some of the classes that you are offering? Sure. So I... um... I started teaching. So what I, I the, really what I teach is audition technique. Um, I did not go to drama school. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not capable of teaching Meisner or Stella Adler or Uta Hagner or any of the other techniques. Um, but I watch a million auditions <laughs> every day and I have a lot of things to say about audition technique. Um, so I, I actually started teaching really early into my casting life um, and just found that I loved it. It, was, it seemed like a sort of a natural um, shoot off, offshoot. That's the word I needed. A natural offshoot of, um, of what else, what, what I do um, on a daily basis. And for me, you know, one of the big hurdles that we run into constantly as casting directors is that people don't know exactly what we do. They, they, they don't know what our process is. All they see is that we are the obstacle they have to get around or over in order to book a job. That's, that's how we're viewed. And we're not, we're, we're collaborators. We are here to help you. We want you to succeed. If you succeed, we succeed. I mean, there's so many, there's so much to that, but people don't know. So part of what I like to do in my classes um, is not only focus on audition technique and how when you are faced with certain things, you've got the tools to unpack it, break it down and and make choices confidently. But also, this is how things work. This is some transparency. This is a little bit behind the curtain. So you can see how what we do, what we're looking at and why these things are standing out for good or for bad in whatever ways. Um, And that has been a big passion of mine for a long time, just because I think, you know, like I said, people look at us and they're like, "Ugh, casting directors, I have to go in for this casting director. And it's like, like, we are here to help you. (laughs) So, um, so that is really, like I said, I've been doing it for, um, a really long time and, and always focused specifically on audition technique. And obviously it has evolved um, from, you know, live in-person auditions and producer sessions to self-tape technique. And um, I actually started teaching self-tape technique when I still lived in LA, I started teaching it maybe around like 2012 in classes. And, Whoa. you know, I would do these like three, wow. three or four week workshops and actors will look at me like, why do we need to do this? <laughs> why are we learning this? This is really hard and ridiculous and seems like a waste of our time. And, um, you know, the uh, we I started casting people from self-tapes in 2010, I think maybe, was the first time that we ever cast somebody from a self-tape. 
And so, and again, this is in LA, this is for a, a major role. And it became clear that this was something that people could do when they couldn't make it into the room. So if you were on set and we still wanted to see you, you could do this. If you were on vacation and we wanted to see you, you could do this. Um, if you had three auditions that day and you didn't want to make it all the way to Santa Monica at five o'clock, you could do this. You know, they were, it, it just became clear that it was a really good backup to being in the room. And so I started teaching it. And for the longest, I mean, even up until, so I moved in 2017 and I was teaching it all up until then in LA and people would be like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, We don't need, need this. We can just go into the room. And by then there were t- taping studios too. So they're like, or oh, we can just go to a taping studio. We absolutely have to. Um, and now of course, everybody had to learn it. They were forced to learn it. <laughs> so um, it's it has evolved my teaching as well, just because trends have changed and technology has changed. And before we would tell you to never shoot on your phone because the, the camera wasn't good, uh, good enough. And now we're like, absolutely use your phone. You have it. It's there. The camera's amazing. So all of that has changed. And so as, as I'm going through, and that's been the benefit for me and also casting is that I'm seeing what actors are doing currently um, and I can, you know, discuss some of those things in my class or on my social media, which is usually where you see me rant and rave about those things. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I have long loved teaching. Um, and like I said, it's just a fun side offshoot of casting for me. So you were like really ahead of your time. I mean, I haven't been in the industry since 2012 but i don't think i even heard the term self-tape till maybe like i don't know 2017 2018 and i don't think i actually did one until like 2018 maybe sure well and, <laughs> you know, and it totally depends on your market because of course like maybe i was ahead of my time in la <laughs> trying to force people to learn it but like the southeast has been a self-tape market for years and years and years, you know, since it started getting busy down here because people are all over the place down here. So to them, it's not, it hasn't been new. They've been doing it forever um, as best they could. And, um, but for me, the the thing that, that was maybe painfully prescient was um, I started teaching my classes over Zoom as soon as we moved here to the Southeast. So I started teaching classes on Zoom in, two, in 2018. Whoa. And it was, like, your time. it was like pulling teeth to get people to sign up for these things because they were like, why can't we just, when's your next in-person class, Erica? Like, can, I'll just wait. <laughs> and um, I started, I mean, I was, I was doing it so early that like Zoom wasn't even the preferred platform. Like I was trying different platforms and, um, you know, finally landed on Zoom and whatever. And yeah, I, it's, it, it just kind of happens. And, wow. you know, so, somebody was like, well, you must feel really smart. And I was like, I just, I, I, I don't take any credit for that other than just like, I, I wish this pandemic hadn't happened and that people hadn't had to learn Zoom in this way. But um, I'm glad that I'm comfortable on it and I'm able to support class classes without having to, you know, learn in the moment the way everybody else was. So that was my, my little ahead of my time moment. Wow. Right. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Wow. 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 Yeah. We were probably part of like a small cohort. Oh my God. I mean, you know, I would have like three actors in a class, four actors in a class and you know, just nobody wanted to do it because they were like, this is weird. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Right. But it really, the, the virtual platform really lends itself to TV film because the medium is a screen. Totally. I didn't ever think about until I was in a film class on Zoom in the pandemic, of course. But like once you're doing it, it's so obvious how well it works. Totally. 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 And that's where people started getting comfortable with self-taping is that, you know, we used to do these live producer sessions and we had our directors in the room and then we would do live studio tests and live network tests, all, you know, all of these major live auditions with gobs of people in the room. And finally they realized like, we would be better off looking at this person on tape because that's how the audience is going to see them. 
Yeah. And so as soon as the producers figured that out, they pieced out because they would rather be in a van or in an FX meeting or if in a, um, in post or whatever. And they would rather watch casting tapes, you know, on whenever while they're eating so they could have dinner, you know, things like that. So I, when I, I think I had my last live producer session, like actual live producer session session in 2014. Oh, wow. That was the last time I had producers in the room. And other, other than that, they just started watching everything on tape. And that became the norm for them. So we kept, I, that's why I was teaching it in LA. And I was like, listen, you, you it is the same. Yeah. They're looking at it in the same way. And sure, you'd miss the, you know, chatting with casting and the immediate redirects and, you know, whatever, of course. It's not, you know, it's not, it's apples and oranges. But, um, but I was like, you know, you don't have any less of a chance of booking this because our producers are looking at tapes at the same time in the same way. Yes. So, um, you know, I, I think once people started wrapping their brains around it and how it can provide some lifestyle freedom in terms mm-hmm. of you can take a vacation or whatever, um, it, it, people really started opening up to it, but of course, you know, then 2020 hit and, um, nobody had a choice. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so, it's, yeah, it's so interesting to hear this and it, this is something we've talked about a little bit before on this podcast. Like I think also as an, as an actor to be able to like do an audition on zoom or even to do a self tape, there's something, and I'm even thinking what you, what you were just talking about with producer sessions. Like there's uh-huh. something more grounding, I think as an actor to be in your comfortable space, like in your chair, your, sure. your office or whatever, then like, yeah. Cause I, I grew up actually as a, as a child and teen actor and I remember like going as a, as a kid to those producer sessions and like, yeah. I worked on a lot of sitcoms. So I remember it was like the whole, like all the producers, director, writers, like, like a studio audience. And you like go into that big room and everybody's watching you from all sides. And like, part of it's like an adrenaline. You're like, wow, this is so fun and cool. Sure. Yeah. But there's also that like terrible anxiety of sitting outside that door. Yes. Like, listening to everybody else who's gone in before you and like you know some people are in there for like 20 minutes and then you're like you go in you're like why was I only there in there for five minutes like what happened Um, right like all these things that now was with the freedom of the virtual world you're like great cool I'm in a waiting room a virtual waiting room I'm in my chair I do my thing I sign off and then I go walk my dog and, that's, uh-huh. and then I go get ice cream and I treat myself and that's my day. Good for you. <laughs> treat yourself for sure. Yeah, treat yourself. But yeah, so it's just, there's like almost a certain amount of like, um, I don't know what the right way, like a leveling of maybe this kind of playing field that we were sure. talking about too. Like, oh, you get to take a little bit of, of power um, in your own space. Yeah. And I think, you know, listen, auditioning is hard no matter what version of it you're doing, right? Whether it's in front of a ton of people, in front of just one person on Zoom, via cell tape, whatever. It's it's not easy. Like, let's be real. Um, But it is part of the process. And I think if there is... some control, you know, they're, they act, we have no control, right? Like actors have no control over anything other than their craft. Yeah. And with self-taping, you do have a lot of control, which is sometimes the problem, right? Because then you're overthinking or overworking things because you've got the control. But, um, but I think it's nice to be able to sort of take the opportunity into your hands a little bit more. You know, sometimes you walk into a live audition and you do it once and they say, thank you very much. And that's it. Yep. And sometimes you've driven three hours for that moment. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you've sat in a waiting room, a stuffy, hot New York waiting room for two hours because they're running behind and you're angry and sweaty and, you know, whatever. And I think people are looking at the live audition process through rose colored glasses a little bit because, of course, we all miss being together um, and we all do indeed miss it. But there are loads of benefits to self-taping. And I think if people remember some of the not so beautiful parts of auditioning in person, um, such as easily getting sick when you're in a waiting room or in a teeny tiny audition room. Right. um, It's, you can see that there are benefits to this way of doing it that allow you to 
you know, go walk your dog immediately after your audition. And, you know, all of these things are, are, they're not nothing. Right. And, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people are frustrated with self-taping and, and their, the concerns they raise are of course valid, you know, the, the loneliness of it and the, you know, I just wish I had a redirect in that moment. And, um, I, I missed the collaboration and yes, of course, I totally understand. I feel it. We feel all of the same negatives, I would think, um, in terms of the collaboration part of it. Um, but there's also, you know, I think if you can embrace it, um, whatever version this is, whether it's, you know, auditioning virtually or, or via self tape, um, you just have more options, you know, even if, and when the time comes that people do go back to in-person auditions, which it seems like maybe those are trickling on a little bit more, you know, now you've got so many different versions of this, mm-hmm. you know, there's sure. If you can't make it in person or you're not feeling safe or comfortable from a health perspective to go in person, you've got an option. And, you know, I think hopefully what this gives people is the tools to understand that they can succeed just as well, even if they're not physically in the room with the creative team, they can do it. They can book from it and they can succeed and get to set by doing it this way too. Yeah. That's so beautifully said. Um, Yeah. And it also, it, it brings me to kind of a, another question. So like for you watching, let's say these self tapes, like, and that, that actor's comment that you mentioned, like somebody who's like, oh, I just wish I could have had a redirect in the sure. room. Like mm-hmm. you ever as a casting director have the, the opportunity to reach out to actors after watching a self tape and be like, oh, hey, this one moment or this one thing, like tape yeah. readjust. That, okay. I'm yeah. I, about that. So, um, from, for me, for my process, um, and again, I, I can't speak for other cast directors and how they do it. Um, but I, when I'm watching tapes and I try to watch them as they come in, so I can clock, does somebody need a note? Are there traps people keep falling into? Are we doing okay? Do I need to add more people to this? Is something not working? Is something working great? You know, whatever. So I'm trying to sort of clock that stuff ahead of my deadline. Um, I'm not sending anything forward ahead of the deadline. I'm just kind of checking in on the tapes that are coming in. Um, So in that time I can see, okay, this person's really close, but they're missing a key moment here. And sometimes we have time and I can give a note and have them retape. Sometimes there's no time. And so I have to send it forward with the caveat of like, they could just use a note on this moment. Um, Sometimes that, sort of bonks them out of contention because these five other people hit it great. Um, and sometimes, which is what I've been doing more often because people are so comfortable on Zoom, is that I do work sessions with Ooh. people. So they're not, I, I don't like to call that, they're not callbacks because it's just me in the room. Um, and they're, you know, sometimes it's it's before somebody tapes because I'm throwing them to the mix, you know, quite late. Um but I'll do these little Zoom sessions and I will give them this very specific tweak. It's more efficient for me to do it that way than to type out my notes, send it to their agent, have it, you know, have it forwarded on. This way I've got a little bit more of like, okay, that was closer. Let's try it again, go a link, going a little further. And I'm doing that more and more, but it's, you know, it's incredibly time consuming because um, people are like, why don't you just do full sessions on Zoom? And it's like, well we're seeing more people via self-tape now. So if we do Zoom sessions, which are, they're not as fast as in-person auditions because you've got tech stuff that you have to deal with along the way. Mm -hmm. So whereas maybe I could have seen 20 people in two hours live over Zoom, I could see maybe 15, depending on the size of the role in two hours. So again, it's not as simple as just translating our process fully this way. But if I, I've, what I'm finding is that if I use it for very specific purposes um, and for sort of targeted notes, targeted people to get the take that we need to send forward and keep them in contention, then it's worth it. Um, and for the most part, it's been great. And I've not had any, you know, maybe one or two issues with tech where it just hasn't worked, you know, internet Mm -hmm. is the internet, but, um, for the most part, I'm able to get a good recording and able to include it and people consider it just as well as they do a self tape. And, um, you know, if that helps me keep people in the mix, then 
great, then it's, it's worth my effort and worth theirs. Um, and I've had it both ways. I've had people get hired from, you know, the work that we did together over zoom. And I've had people who I've zoomed with thinking that we were getting the take and then they chose somebody else who self-taped instead. So it's, um, you know, it's a mixed bag, but I, like I said, it's, it's that we have options now and, you know, it, while it feels incredibly lonely, of course, um, to self-tape, um, there are people on the other side watching and rooting for you and wanting you to succeed and, um, you know, advocating for you, even when something is not exactly what we were hoping for in your tape. And, you know, that's what we do. I think actors for, you know, they don't know our process, but we sp- literally spend all day talking about you. <laughs> so, you know, we're we are your biggest cheerleaders, truly. I love that so much. That reminds me of when we spoke to Jenny Ravitz. Yeah, and it's the same thing. See? Cheerleader energy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, she's wonderful. And I'm so impressed and inspired that you take the time to actually – go above and beyond and get actors on Zoom to work out a certain moment or to just get them to that next level because they miss something. I think that's so amazing. And it really does just take one person to be in your corner. And it is so important in this industry, which is so hard to just have somebody that believes in you. And obviously the actors you're doing that with, they might not book it, but it's just... I think really, really wonderful that you go the extra mile to help people get to their potential or achieve what you know that they're capable of because you know that they can do it. Even just that ability to see something more in an actor or to see that it's not that they're not talented, they just didn't understand something or they missed a moment. Like I just think that's so great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see it as above him. It's, I mean, it's part of my job, but um, you know, it's always dependent on time. You know, is it, is there time to do this or do we have to just send it forward and, you know, glow about them another way, you know, or do we have to just save them for something in the future? What do we need to do? And, you know, every casting director has a different process. Every casting director has a different amount of time available for, for these things, but every casting director is looking at you, rooting for you and, you know, advocating for you, um, for your hiring as much as we can. Yes. Ah, so many good vibes are just like, (laughs) not to also be like woo woo, but no, like good vibes just come. Good. I like, listen, good vibes all day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that just reminds me of the fact that you say on your website and your Instagram that you are a happy person. You are a (laughs) self-described happy person. And I I just, I just love that. Can you expand on that a little bit? Tell us what you mean by that. I don't know. (laughs) I've just, I've just always been pleased with things. Um, I, you know, I am so lucky that I have found a career that I loved and that I found it at such a young age. Um, I had so many friends that hit their late twenties. They were, had been doing whatever they were doing out of college and they hit their late twenties and they're like, Oh my God, I hate my life. And like, you know, that's normal, right? People have multiple careers in, in the span of their lifetimes these days. And I, I have just really loved this job for a really long time. And it makes it so that when I, go to work. I'm looking forward to it. I, um, whether it's going to an office or walking downstairs and, you know, in my bare feet or whatever. Um, so I, I've just always been happy. I mean, listen, there are loads of things that are annoying, um, on a day to day basis and politics in the industry that can really, you know, crush you, um, artistically, but for the most part, this is, this is my chosen path. And it has, it has made it so that I am really happy. I also have an amazing spouse and two great kids and, you know, all of these other things to be pleased with. And I think that, you know, the more that we're aware of, uh, you know, what other people are going through these days too, the more I realize how lucky I am. Um, And to be this happy to have, you know, these, 
these wonderful things in my life and um, wonderful people in my life. And I, uh, yeah, I try to, you know, come at things with that attitude of not ridiculing or criticizing, but being constructive and growing and evolving together and letting it be something that is, you know, just something that comes from a happy place ultimately. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> that um, is so beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it, it reminds me, you know, we've talked to a lot of people on this podcast, a lot of whom are in casting also. And like, I feel like other people have talked about, oh, you know, I, I did like a bunch of different things like on the way to casting or sure. like, was doing casting and then went and was an agent or a manager for a bit and then maybe went back. I think Sarah Isaacson actually said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I was an agent for a while and yeah. then it was like I was, you know, kind of back to casting. But I think it's so cool that you knew like from 18 onwards, you were like, this is my path. And that you've also been been able to stay on that path and find like joy and fulfillment in, in that path, but also like surrounding yourself with so many other just great things and people in your life that have just kind of like, it sounds like you found a really great balance between both like your, your work fulfillment and like you're just, yeah, your people fulfillment. Yeah, you know, I'm trying. It's not, listen, I'm not the um, model of balance, but I... <laughs> um, but I enjoy what I do have. And I certainly enjoy, you know, even even when my balance is a little bit off in terms of work life, I, I'm still really enjoying my work. Yeah. So, you know, that to me is is a huge win that not everybody experiences. So I, I do feel quite lucky in that respect. I think that is all so wonderful. But I do have to say, it's beautiful to hear you say all these things and be so appreciative and grateful. And I think that is where your happiness and fulfillment comes from. But I also think that it it really does come from within. You know, a lot of people have great careers and great spouses and just still <laughs> find every reason to sure. go through life complaining because life is hard and we know life that and hard. the business is yeah. hard and yes. raising a family is hard and it's just all really hard and this world is dark and I think it's really admirable to hear you speak this way, but I almost think that you're not giving yourself enough credit. <laughs> it's actually like your own attitude and your own outlook and how you're seeing the world and how you're seeing your career and your family and your life is what allows you to move through the world as a self-proclaimed happy person, you know? True you know, I think my, when I was a kid, my parents used to call me the the life is good kid because one time I like my parents came to get us from summer camp and they took us to a, you know, a amusement park or whatever. And we were riding a ride and I was on it with my dad and we were waiting on the ride to get off. And I just kind of sat there and I was looking at, we were looking at the sky. We weren't moving. And I was like, Oh, life is good. And they were like, what? I was like eight. And they were like, what, who is this child? So I, I don't know. I think it's just always been, there's always been something that I could find about whatever scenario I was in to, have that life is good moment. And that sounds incredibly cheesy, but um, that's just, I guess it's just, it's, it's in there somewhere. I don't know. I couldn't tell you where it comes from. It's great. Yeah. Some good genes in in the the family. So some good. Yeah. (laughs) Something. And it's great because it rubs off on people. Like we're all sitting here smiling and you know, it's well, good. I mean, that's the idea, right? Like there's, I think the, you know, actors, especially you, you all have walked into some cold ass rooms and it's, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's not a conducive place for you to be able to do what you do best, right? You, you need to feel like you are supported and it's a warm room and this is a collaboration and all of those things. And, and you have all had the experience of being on a set where you didn't have that or being in an audition room where you didn't have that or in a class or things like that. And for me, I have found that if I want the actors that are, that I'm seeing to succeed, I need to provide that space for them to feel like they can go there, like they can do what they do best, that they don't need to be afraid of trying. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
So it, it, it is always intentional for me when I'm working with actors to make sure that whatever I'm dealing with on a daily basis, which Lord knows could be literally anything, uh, you know, an exec needs something immediately, the line producer is mad that we're spending so much money, you know, whatever, um, or just, you know, home stuff, kid stuff, whatever, Um it's really important for me. I try to really compartmentalize that stuff so that when I am working with actors and they are getting energy from me, that they're getting the good stuff so that they can really do what they do in a safe way, that they know that this is a supportive place, that it's good for them to try, that you know this is not going to be a place where if they don't get where they want to go, that they're not going to be punished for it. Ultimately, you know, that that's always my aim is just to make sure that actors feel supported in my spheres whenever, especially, you know, especially when I'm auditioning them. Yeah. This like generosity of spirit is really like coming out as you're describing this and something else we've, we've talked about with like a few guests on this podcast before, like Jenny rabbits actually was one too. Like, it's just it's so wonderful to to hear how you you have that that kind of attitude and mindset working with actors and it's it's just a really wonderful it's a wonderful gift a wonderful quality thank you that's very nice yeah, definitely i agree thank you <laughs> so we're coming up to to an hour here uh-huh. um i had one last just question for you sure. um yeah so talk like talking about actors who you like love to watch and support, like what, what's it like for, let's say an actor that you have never seen audition before. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you're seeing their tape for the first time, right? Like, and I'm just curious how that maybe is similar or different to an actor's tape that you have seen many, many times. Do you like, I don't know. Is there something that kind of hooks you into seeing a new actor? Is there an equal excitement to seeing like somebody brand new who you've never met before? Um, would that actor be called into, let's say, a work session on Zoom? Or is it kind of like, oh, maybe I wait, you know, till I see this actor again and, or a few times before I like kind of take the time to maybe um, work with them further? Does that does that question make yeah. sense? Yeah, totally. The, there's loads of excitement about seeing new people. Loads. You know, p- part of our job as cast directors is to have a humongous catalog of actors that we can talk about and hire and call up and all of those things. So it is always great for us to expand our knowledge um, of who's out there. And, you know, for those of us that work in bigger markets, there's new people coming here all the time. Mm. So it is, it is really you know, it behooves us as part of our job, but also just, you know, creatively to make sure that we get to know people who are new to our area, new people who are coming fresh out of school or whatever, you know, it's, it's a big piece of our job. And in terms of, you know, do they get the zoom work session? Yeah. Those are the people who definitely get the zoom work session if they're close on their tape, because I want to make sure that they're not sending me take 100. (laughs) Oh, yes. You know, the Zoom work session might simply be to just have them do it and give them a note and see how it goes. Um, So, so, you know, I'm not just throwing them in because they're new. You know, I'm going to throw them in if they, like I said, if if they've, you know, done a great job with their tape and I, you know, I'm considering sending them forward to my producers, um, then I'm, I'm, you know, using that work session to just simply work with them and see what they're like and, you know, make sure I know that the person I'm sending forward is somebody who I want to send to a set. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, you know, in terms of the difference between that kind of a new person, new to me person, um, versus a, a not new to me person, um, the excitement is the same, right? Like the people, we, we have people that we have known forever. We've loved them for so long. We've championed them forever. Um, and sometimes we've been lucky enough to hire them and sometimes it just hasn't worked. <laughs> and so every time you see them, you're just rooting for them so much. And so sometimes, you know, we we can think of people and, um, you know, as we're reading a script, they're the first people we think of. And we're like, oh my gosh, this role, this person, we got to make sure we see them. And sometimes they, you know, knock it out of the park. 
And sometimes they don't give you the read that you expect and it. This one just isn't for them. And that's fine. You know, it's this, this is our subjective. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, sometimes actors have bad days because you're human beings, <laughs> um, you know, whatever. So there, but there is equal enthusiasm to seeing somebody I've known for a while, see their tape and see somebody new to see, you know, what is this person like? How are they going to be? Yeah. Um, it's, it's the same, you know, cause at the end of the day, it's all in the, um, it's all because we're trying to cast a role. So, right. you know, who is getting there, um, doesn't matter how you get there, just, you know, who, who is able to find their way to this particular character this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the same, but yeah, definitely for me, new people, um, they aren't backburnered for any reason just because they have fewer credits. Um, you know, if they're, if they're doing good work and they're hitting it, then yeah, I want them in the game. It's fun to be able to give somebody their first job. It's super fun. Yeah. You know, so oh, yeah. it's great. Oh, that's, yeah, that's really, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. And it all makes so much sense. Yeah. Like even that, you know, a few minute work session can give you a window into somebody's personality and whether they'd be yes. cool, cool to go work on a set tomorrow. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. It's important. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And then when you say Southeast, yeah, you're primarily casting for Atlanta, Nashville, so we are, we're a regional market. So we are all over the place. Um, okay. So I've done things in Atlanta. I've done things in Savannah, Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, I've done a few things in New Orleans and Baton Rouge. Um, I have something coming up that's going to be in Nashville. Um, so it is, it truly is a regional market. And that region stretches really from Tennessee and sometimes even, you know, Virginia, Baltimore, um, all the way down to Florida, over to Alabama, um, and and back up. So it it covers a lot of ground. Um, and thus far, I haven't specialized in one city over another because really the, you know, the actors are all, all over the place. Um, you get to know who is where so that you can use that information as needed for your productions. Um, but for the most part, people are, you know, willing to get places, and you know, we we consider talent as long as they're available and you know we they're they are where we need them to be or can get where we need them to be then then it works down here awesome awesome okay thank you Mm -hmm. um this is so new york of me but i just always (laughs) thought i I just thought that southeast meant atlanta and i was like that's i know that's definitely not true so (laughs) if anyone else had that thought um, I'm glad that you clarified. So thank yeah. you. You are not alone. Los An- people in Los Angeles think of the Southeast as Atlanta as well. You know, it's it's hard to fathom the stuff outside of the major cities. Um, but, you know, New Orleans is a major city. And, you know, there's, there's all of these other things going on here. So, um, yeah, it is. We are, we are the Southeast as opposed to the Atlanta market. Right. Um, while there is a ton of things that shoot in Atlanta, of course, there's also just a ton of things in this region in general. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, yeah, I've heard New Orleans is super cool and that a lot mm-hmm. of things are filming there right now. Yep. New Orleans, Louisiana has a slightly different structure to their incentives. Um, mm-hmm. So they that they sort of really popped after Katrina. Um, mm-hmm. um so their their market has sort of fluctuated. It, it really came up after Katrina. People were really going there and supporting the you know um, construction efforts, reconstruction efforts, if you will. Um, and then things shifted to Georgia, of course. Um, but Wilmington has been a hub for a really long time, really long time. Um, stuff is shot in Florida forever. <laughs> so there's there's always things going on in different places. And every time, you know, I talk to somebody, they're like, we're exploring Birmingham, Alabama. And I'm like, you are okay. <laughs> sure. You know, I mean, it, it's always amazing to me how people see this market and <laughs> instead of going right to Atlanta or New Orleans or Wilmington, they're like, we found this great little place to shoot in Winston-Salem. And you're like, all right, 
groovy. (laughs) So, you know, there it's all over the place here. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps it interesting for sure. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, Erica, I want to thank you so much for, for taking the time on a, on a Monday evening to join us and just really, it's just been such a pleasure. I, echoing what you said, Alyssa. Yeah. I really just so much joy just having this conversation and like smile on my face. Like, thank you for sharing your, your beautiful, positive light with, with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. Yes. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. We always love hearing from you. You can email us at positivecreativitypodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at positivecreativitypodcast. And for more info on our guest today, please view the show notes. Join us next time on Positive Creativity Podcast.